there's so many instances like that. I feel like coming of age and anybody can relate to this where you're just like, you're waiting for the adult to come in and like fix it. <laughs> you know? And you're like, oh, wait, I'm that adult? Like, shit. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill. And for those of you new to the show or who don't know me, I'm the writer and creator of Big Kid Problems on Instagram and Twitter and somehow managed to turn my little jokes on social media into a blog, this podcast, and a business that is now my full-time job. And if you guys can't tell by now, I mean, I like to be pretty open and honest about everything. So whenever anyone asks me about working for myself or running my own business, I'm the first to tell them that it's fucking hard. Like I had no idea what I was in for. I mean, every week I'm finding myself in moments where I just have no fucking clue what I'm doing. And I think that that's just maybe a part of growing up in general. Like, waiting and hoping someone else is going to come along and fix our big kid problems for us. So in moments of self-doubt or struggle, what has been super helpful for me is talking to successful people who have been there before and pushed through to the other side. Now, our guest today is one of those successful people, somebody I truly admire and wanted to learn from. We have on the female CEO of one of my all-time favorite skincare brands, Osea. We have the talented Melissa Palmer in the house today. Melissa Palmer is a born and bred female entrepreneur who took the natural marine-based skincare products her mom was making in the kitchen sink and turned it into a global brand care in some of the most high-end shops and spas in the world. But what makes Melissa's story so cool and why I love this interview so much is Melissa is just like us. Like sometimes I hear female entrepreneurs talk and I just can't relate, but Melissa is so open and relatable and honest about what it's really like being a female entrepreneur. We talk about having to figure it out and learning things on the fly, what it's like having to pivot your business when shit hits the fan, the reality of putting your career first as a female and her experiences with egg freezing and shopping for sperm donors. And we even get to talk about women and money and the difference between her female and male employees and conversations she wishes every woman would learn to have. 
We touched on so many things in this interview. And for me, it kind of felt like just talking to your older, cooler sister who has a little bit more experience in the game and can pass along some serious wisdom. So without further ado, we're going to jump into this awesome interview with Melissa. But before we do, I'm going to drop a little hot tip and tell you that if you stick around for the end of this interview, we have a nice little treat for our listeners that I think you're definitely going to appreciate. So stick around and we will be right back. I know some of you are sleeping on some saggy old mattresses at night and you deserve better than that. So give yourself an upgrade. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. And even a Helix Plus mattress for our plus size folks out there. I took the Helix quiz and I was matched with the Midnight Lux style because I wanted something that felt medium medium to firm since I sleep on my side and move around all night long. And let me tell you, we love it in this house. Like me, my fiance, my dog, we're all falling asleep faster and disturbing each other a lot less. And I love how convenient everything was. Like I didn't have to put on pants and go to a mattress store. Our Cali King was delivered right to our door. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So if you're ready for a better night's sleep, just go to helixsleep.com slash big kid. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I have a feeling that you will. Now, here's the best part. As a partner of this podcast, Helix has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash big kid. So if you're in the market for a new mattress, definitely take advantage. Again, just head to helixsleep.com slash big kid. All right. Welcome back to the show. I am sitting here with Melissa Palmer. She is the CEO and co-founder of OC Malibu. Welcome to the show, girlfriend. So happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here too. You're, you're like the first in-person interview I've had in so long. We are truly sitting six feet apart. But it feels so luxurious to be in the same place. I know. I'm so glad you caveated we're actually here. We're actually here. I'm like looking at a human face. The person. I didn't know. It's really exciting. Oh my God. Well, I'm so happy you could be on this episode. And for anybody who doesn't know Osea, like I discovered Osea when I moved to LA and it was like a life-changing experience for me. <laughs> this is like a best kept secret. I feel like I've I've turned on, I feel like so many of my East Coast friends that are just like now discovering it. But for anybody who doesn't know, like give us the rundown like about your company. Um, I love that you described it as the best kept secret because like we're... Technically hitting our we're almost 25 years that we've been around, <laughs> but still literally everyone describes us that way. Um, and that makes us so happy because it's a line of seaweed and essential oil-based skincare and body care products that my mom formulated 
gosh, honestly, about 40 years ago. And her whole idea behind starting the line was creating a line that was safe and effective for women. Back when it was like totally bizarre that we would make a product that was both natural and luxurious and like Technically, it started on our commune. Like we were just the total freakish hippies. And her whole idea was just that it was all about the product. So every time someone says like, oh my God, I just discovered this product. It's like the best kept secret. I had no idea how to... It's it's just about the product. And I always like to say we're product first, brand second. So thanks for doing the pre-sum up. (laughs) (laughs) It really is kind of like a magical... It's like a magical thing. And I love like the visual of your mom, like experimenting with seaweeds in the kitchen sink, like making this thing. It sounds like a good marketing story, but it's also just like an insane way to grow up. We would come home and there would be like bathtubs full of seaweed. And my siblings and I had nicknames because like there was like a scent to our family. Like I got called patchouli for a lot of high school, (laughs) not because I ever put it on, but because our house like was just filled with essential oils. And my brother definitely had a period of being called Lavender Boy. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but it is, she just like was always tinkering and like blending and mixing. And so we grew up with the company. Wait, that's that's so awesome. I love like, I would actually love to be Lavender Girl. Like I wouldn't mind that. It's way better than like being a third grade boy and people being like, you smell like flowers. Yeah. <laughs> but he honestly, my mom's favorite story to tell is one time someone was making fun of the way he smells and he was like, well, this is how money smells. <laughs> And he was like eight. Like how old is he? That's amazing. Uh, Our mom encouraged us to be super entrepreneurial from a really young age. He was like, had a whole beanie baby business he was slinging after school. I had like an outsourced paper route that I had multiple people running. So we were very connected to the idea of being entrepreneurs. So he knew the the essential oils one day would be money. Yeah. Wait, I want to go back to that beanie baby business because I actually have been holding on to some... Ones that I was told were going to be priceless. <laughs> the <laughs> devastation of the whole thing. I'm still waiting. I'm still hopeful. I'm going to cash out on my Beanie Baby collection. I really think there could be a full second wave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the only second wave I'm excited I was just about. I about to say, I don't think I can say that anymore. <laughs> it brings so much bad feelings now. Bad juju. Yeah. yeah. Second wave of Beanie Babies. <laughs> that, maybe that will be what brings like the good connotation of that feeling back. <laughs> and second wave will mean something else. All the <laughs> baby millionaires that spring up. Oh my gosh. Who knows? I'm I'm ready. I'm waiting. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So that's amazing. So you grew up around all this stuff. And wait, did you mention you lived on a commune? Can we go back to that as well? I did. That was actually, you know, for the first like 10 to 15 years of the business, we never mentioned that because like it wasn't as cool. But we actually started originally on a commune where I was born and grew up for the first eight years of my life um, on Orcas Island. And it was a healing retreat center similar to Esalen. Um, My parents taught a form of body work and people went and did wellness retreats and juice cleanses and things that now we all talk about and have much more space in the mainstream, but we're super fringe at that time. Yeah, you guys were way ahead of the curve on that one. (laughs) It's got to be so cool growing up with that stuff. Sometimes. Like I was also this super weirdo who my lunch most days was like a yam in a paper bag (laughs) and like some like dried fruits that we dehydrated. And 
it was honestly in the end so fun, but we were definitely the weirdos. Oh my God. Well, you know what? <laughs> Laughing all the way to the bay. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> my mom stayed strong. It's so funny. Okay, so your mom developed this product, but you kind of came in and helped really turn it. I know you talked about product first, brand second, but you kind of helped bring it into a brand. So I'm interested like how you got involved in taking your mom's stuff and blowing it up. So I love that your podcast is named Big Kid Problems because I started working with my mom when I was a big kid. Um, I was still in high school and my mom had just finished the line and I was a super big kid know-it-all and was like, oh, I can run the whole business of this. And um, ended up, and it was just my mom and I, and she ended up saying fine. So um, (laughs) we ended up running the business together for the first 10 years with just the two of us, like in the garage, just figured out everything as we went. There was like really not things like Google and YouTube to figure everything out. So we had... People do before YouTube tutorials. Oh my God. I don't even know. Well, one example is if one were starting a business now and they heard the word a PO, you might just Google what's that, which is a purchase order. But when we got into Fred Siegel, which was our first store, they were like, let's write your PO. And we were like, what's that? (laughs) So we just learned everything in really funny ways. That's amazing. Um, Which was honestly, gave us great stories. Um, And so my mom and I grew the business. And then about, gosh, 10 years ago, all these years are just adding up. I discovered a passion that I was super obsessed with, which was hula hooping. And (laughs) this is not where I thought the story was going. Real left turn. Um, But it does come full circle. Very pun intended. I I miss all my hula hoop jokes. But I was just, I discovered it honestly at Burning Man. And as one does. Yes, (laughs) naturally, (laughs) naturally. Um, And it was so transformative. It was this dance and movement art that was really meditative. And I just knew I had to share it with people. Ended up, meeting probably one of the only other people who really was into hula hooping as a business. We built a brand and grew it. And I describe that as really going to business school. It was at the perfect time because it was right when direct-to-consumer businesses were starting social media and hula hoops were like a social dream because it was just girls wanting to show off how we hula hooped. Um, So I learned about all of this, ended up learning some big kid lessons about business partnership there. And she was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Again, this was like five years ago. Took some time and traveled. And while I was doing that, just started tinkering with Osea. And fast forward the past, you know, at that point, it really was just still in my mom's garage. And I got very busy the past five years. Yeah. I didn't realize it was only really in the last five years that like... So is that when you kind of took everything over to e-com? Yeah. We, at that point, we only sold in spas and hotels. We had a website. I don't even think we really had a functioning website. We took phone orders still. I was really good at that. Um, and so started an Instagram channel, like which was just so transformational for the business and at the perfect moment. Mm-hmm. And started a website and... That is like what marked a huge shift in the way the company started. So I always like to say, and it's so funny, you know, 
how things always come true when you say them. I always said, oh, we're a 25 year overnight success. <laughs> and that's really what's happened. And so this phase of the growth has been the past five years. Yeah, that's so wild. Was your, it's so funny because, you know, obviously you brought the brand into the digital age. Was your mom ever like, what is this? So my mom is the like least digital person that I know. She still uses a flip phone. Oh, I have to give my mom credit on that. She's currently working her way towards TikTok. Um, (laughs) She also now sends me TikToks and they're so insane, like thinks that they're funny. (laughs) So she is pretty digitally savvy. There's definitely been a lot of moments where I got to explain like what a DM is and how that you actually have to answer all of them. And, uh, but she picks it all up and she totally embraces technology. Yeah. That's, Seeing her on TikTok, though, is going to be my final frontier. I'm not even on TikTok yet. That's well, impressive. I'm trying to feel like I'm 18 again. So I am on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it's private. Okay. It's actually not private, but like I don't share it with my friends. But it's so weird. It's kind of freeing. It's like the platform where you're like, ah. I don't care what anyone thinks. Oh my gosh. I'm kind of hoping, I know this is like messed up, but I'm kind of hoping it does like a, what was the other one? What was the other like... Snapchat? Not Snapchat. Um, The other video platform. What was that? Vine. With Vine. Yeah. I hope it pulls a Vine and just disappears because like I just can't handle another another like... I don't finish. think this is going to... I think it's got a little more of a lifespan. Damn it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if any 14-year-olds listening out there want to help me manage my TikTok, I let think me know. 14 is like the max age limit. <laughs> yeah. 14 and below. Um, that's just... I just love that point that you mentioned of like not having YouTube and having to figure out everything on the fly. Because I can't tell you, like even when starting my stuff, like I can't believe how integral YouTube was. Like I just realized... You realize when you're running these businesses, like how much you don't know and how much you have to learn. And it's everybody out there right now, like we we are so lucky that we have like Google and YouTube to just look up stupid shit. I look up stupid shit all the time. All a day long. And sometimes things I shouldn't be looking up, like really <laughs> important facts. I like I'll Google accounting terms all the time when I'm like trying to sound smart and be like, what does this mean? Um, but... I think about my mom when she first started the formulations. She actually had to go to the library because she started looking at products on the market. And she was like, I don't know what this ingredient is, but it doesn't sound good. And she would go to the actual library. Wow. Yeah. That is wild. I wonder if that's like why entrepreneurship has really like caught on. Like it has just because it's gotten so much easier to be an entrepreneur than it was like 20 years ago. I would totally agree because when I was an entrepreneur 20 years ago, it was not common. Partially, it's because I used to think it was more like the age that I was younger and I started young. But when I look at entrepreneurs at the age I was, there's so many now. And I do think you're... That's totally right. It's the accessibility of the information. One of the things I'm always so passionate like with my team and with everything that we do is there's nothing that we're doing that's new. Like, it's just not possible. If we want to do something, everyone has wanted to do it. There's a software that fixes it. There's, if I have a question, it's it's been answered because there's such an easy amount of access as a business owner and entrepreneur now. I think it's also what accelerates businesses to grow faster. Totally. Yeah. 
Oh my God. I'm just like thinking of the things that I've Googled before. It was like how to plug in your microphone. <laughs> like when starting this podcast, like nothing is too stupid. I'm telling you. I mean, I was looking at your setup thinking, God, it's so smart. <laughs> I want to Google it. Thanks, girl. <laughs> Just, just upgraded actually. So I'm pretty excited about it. You know, we've talked about like some of the early years of this business. Was there any like big moments for you that you had to like pivot or make like a big change? Like when you were kind of, you know, coming back to the business, like looking at like the old model versus like when you came in five years ago, like what were some of like the big changes that you implemented? Well, there was a big shift in the way we actually operated the business because we had been primarily a spa business and we still do sell in a lot of spas and have our whole professional line. So I had to like learn this whole new skill set and shift to be more direct to consumer and build a website. I think probably like the biggest way it shifted is I had to learn how to work with a team that wasn't just my mom. Um, (laughs) Since I'm so obsessed with the name of the podcast, it also meant I couldn't just be like a big brat and be like, mom, you're wrong about this. I had to and have to constantly like shift and evolve who I am from going from having no employees and being in my apartment, which is really where we started it up five years ago with one person. And now we have an office and a store and a team of, I think we're over 30 now, which is so crazy. So I think the biggest shift is how we operate. And like for me personally, realizing as much as I think on a very frequent basis that I could and should be able to do everything, it is now actually impossible. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm, I'm still like a one woman show. And I'm realizing that. I'm like, why am I trying to do everything? Like, I am really bad at some of the things that I'm supposed to do. I think it's something that like, I don't know if it's something specific to women where we're so used to being able to take on so much and we do take on so much that like, I I probably would have just been a one woman show forever. (laughs) But I just constantly push myself till it's like physically impossible. And I'm like, okay, now I see but it is such an important part of growth is realizing like, oh, actually, I kind of suck at this. Yeah. And I could get someone to do this and I could invest greater in another area of growth. Totally. That's like one of the big things I'm realizing now. I'm like, I feel like I've pushed it to the max of like as far as I can go as an individual. And I'm like, all right, now if I bring in some like actually smarter people, like this shit could actually go a lot farther than if it's just me. Yeah. I. But the cool thing about starting yourself and like knowing how to do everything, I feel like it keeps me more connected to everything in the business. Like I get it when they're shipping the orders because I've shipped hundreds of thousands of orders, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds or thousands because we were so small, but I was shipping them all for many years. And like when customer support has something going on, I'm like, I totally get you. And I love having been really a two-woman show and understanding everything about the business, I think it's been so important to our growth. So it's a perfect place to start from. Yeah. That's, I actually want, was interested like how working with your mom was. Are you guys like super tight or like, was it sometimes, did she drive you nuts? Uh, well, if she was here, I think she would really agree on the mutual driving each other nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know, I think like relationships with our mothers are so complex and Fundamentally, my mom and I get on great. We're actually a really great team, but I have to check myself so hard because sometimes if something's going wrong, I just like, 
act like a brat and a baby with my mom. And then I can turn around and talk to any person on our team. So poised, so collected, really understand what's going on. And then like two sentences later, turn around and be like, mom, I told you this was going to go wrong. (laughs) So that's gotten a lot better, but it's a constant practice to find like, to be in my mature self in conjunction with my mom in the business. But the truth is, is that I, it's not just my mom in the business. My sister works in the business. My brother works in the business. It's a full team. So we do have like really great communication. And we also have a family business therapist. So like... (gasps) That's a thing. He's not actually... He's like uh, basically just like a smart counselor. (laughs) Um, Some people... No, it's actually a real thing. Like business family therapist and a really huge family business told us to do this when we first met them. Actually, the founders of Patagonia. We coincidentally met them and they were like, whatever you do, get into therapy. And we took them seriously. And it's so helpful because if there's ever something, just like a little misunderstanding or annoyance or something that comes up, often we'll take it there and just clear it up. So like it doesn't spill over into our family life. Yeah, that's got to be... I mean, like the blinds get blurred, you know, when you're working together. Family. What's like the best tool your family therapist gave you? He really just like talks it through. And it's communication because I think it's like in every relationship, if if I show up like, oh, you know, you don't like... You you don't like me or like you're discounting my time. Then I'm going to treat you that way. And then you're going to treat me that way. And then all of a sudden we're just going to be like living in this new interaction that like stemmed from maybe something that wasn't even true. Yeah. So it's, I think usually it's just taking the time to unwind it and like come back to the commitment of like, we really love each other and we want to get along. So we're going to just show up and do that. Damn. Yeah. I'm like just trying to imagine what it would be like working with my brothers. And I feel like we would last like four days. <laughs> well, my brother is newer in the business and we were like slacking each other. And he's, we, he, we talk so much in life. Like we constantly make jokes. We always talk on the phone. And he, I constantly feel like we're not getting along. And I finally slacked him. I was like, do you not, I think you don't know business me. He was like, I don't think you know business me because he's like kind of short and I'm short. And then, I give him feedback and he thinks I'm criticizing him. Mm. And then he's he's like very short. And I'm like, don't you love me basically? <laughs> and then all of a sudden we just realized like, oh, I don't know this side of you. And like, I'm so used to the part of you that's like making a joke and not taking care of business. So that was a really big breakthrough for us. Oh my God. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. That is so true. Like people have such different personalities like in their real life versus like business side. Totally. It's so funny. Like people I've worked with on big problems, they're like, oh, Sarah's so chill, like whatever. And I'm like super short. And I'm like, I, yeah. I, I just don't like to like to over talk things. So I'm like, I need this, this, this. And if you like were to email me, but like, I'm so used to always like being friendly with you and you're like, oh, thanks. That would be great. Bye. <laughs> I would be like, she hates me. Yeah. Thanks in advance. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he's, I would freak out if he said that to me. But he said those kinds of things like "be well" or some. <laughs> and I was like, "He be well, do you?" I don't think he went that far, but he wasn't like far off because it was just habit of writing an email. So and funny. Uh, all I could think is like, "Do you even know me anymore?" <laughs> but we worked it out. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's kind of... I mean, I think it's nice that you have obviously family surrounding your business because one of the hardest things when like I'm just starting to like learn this with employees and stuff like that, it's just... It's it's hard and you guys are going to be like baked in no matter what. Like you can't go anywhere. The loyalty is there. It's not like they're going to like pick up and move to another skincare line competitor, you know? It's like, true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not going to happen. My sister's actually worked with me at the Hula Hoop Company and at Osea. So we're like, five years in. And now that my brother is like working with us newly, it does make me realize it's something you can get good at. Like she and I are really good at it. We definitely had many rough years and now we're just good at it. Yeah. So that is such like a thing too. I mean, these like any relationship maybe like takes time and then you get to like know the way that somebody communicates, even in like personal relationship. Yeah. yeah. I hope we're not moving into talking about relationships. Oh, should we? <laughs> no. It would just be the silent part of the podcast. <laughs> my pandemic dating life. Oh my God. I will actually, I did want to kind of talk about like, obviously, you know, you've, you've been a female entrepreneur for so long and like this shit, 2020 happens. Like how we have to get into COVID because it has affected everybody I know who like has been in a business or running a business or anything. So I'm curious how it affected you and how you guys like were able to like survive. So the first two weeks, like I definitely remember all the initial days of March when it started. The first thing to say is I've been freaking out. I was (laughs) crying in January and February. Oh, you were early crying. Yeah, I was. And I was a super freak. I, let's just say, had a lot of toilet paper in advance. Um, You were one of those. (laughs) Yeah, my best friend lives in Hong Kong. And she, in January, was like, you need to pay attention to this. And uh, the whole toilet paper thing, which is a whole farce, by the way, started in Hong Kong. There was a WhatsApp message that went out to a building that was like, toilet paper's running short. And then it got shared throughout all of Hong Kong. And that's actually why toilet paper ran out. There never really was a shortage. And that's why toilet paper became like the defining part of this. But I definitely took note um, and was deep in my Costco deliveries in January and February. At one point, I think mid-February, I was like at my parents' house crying. And I was like, it's coming. Everything's... And they were just... I could tell the way they were treating me. They, I left and they were like, something's not right with her. Like, <laughs> she's uh, off. Like, we're worried. I was definitely told by my family repeatedly that they were worried about my behavior. <laughs> but turns out, I wasn't wrong, but I was wrong about a couple of things. So the way it all unfolds is, is what I really thought was going to happen is I like never sort of maybe end of February, I started thinking about what was going to happen in the US, but I thought it was just going to be a disruption of global supply chain. Mm. So I, and we don't manufacture in China, but China fuels manufacturing. Like the bucket liners, and when we make a drum of product come from China Mm. and just all of like the pieces around every part of an operation. I mean, it's a manufacturing superpower. So I was like, imagine, you know, like a bottle cap of olive oil that's made in China, like olive oil is running out. So I like was just on this whole spiral. So what I did in the business, and this is going to be a very long answer about COVID because you can see I clearly want to talk about it, but I just started manufacturing like crazy. So I spent all of January, February and part of March overproducing products. 
And then when the shit hit the fan mid-March, I was like, oh my God, I've spent all of our money on making products and I don't know what we're going to do. And it was so scary and so emotional. And I think it was for everyone. Those first couple weeks were just so filled with fear of like, are we safe? Are we going to die? Like, are what's going to happen? And then how am I going to pay people? And like, I have to let people go. Because immediately I did lose part of the business. We had to close our studio. Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, kind of, I knew it was going to be longer than a couple of weeks, but took a couple of weeks to see like what we we're going to do with everyone. Plus we have a whole team that works in stores and had, I mean, every store shut down. And so I was freaking out just to put up mildly. And we had to do some layoffs. And it was just, it was the moment when I was like, we're going to lose everything we've built and decades of work. Like, it's, we're not going to survive this. What ended up happening was a huge surprise, which is our website got really busy. And all the products that we have ended up being like a total miracle because we couldn't manufacture. And we were okay. And like, it's been such a wild ride. We've hired back most of the people we've laid off. We're still in the process as like parts of the business are coming back online or putting them in other areas. And like, it's been, I just feel so lucky and just like, it's really been a miracle. And I think it's also just been such an affirmation of like, we're, you know, what we're doing, like, our customers just like are support us and believe in us and like trust us that we're showing up and doing exactly what we promised for them. So it's been just a literal roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> An oh absolute my God. roller coaster. It, it's scary to be like the person who has to like make those hard decisions. Uh, and when you don't have all the information, I mean, that was like the craziest thing with this whole thing is I, you just didn't know. What was going to happen? No idea. And talk, I definitely said in March, like probably at least 10 times, like, I hate being a grown up. This sucks. <laughs> Welcome and like, to the pod. You came to the right place. I fucking hate it. And I would like literally go into my bed and cry like a baby and then have to go like do terrible things like and lay people off and like make choices like, okay, we can't do this anymore. We can't do that. And like just, And then I would like go be a baby and cry and be like, I fucking hate being an adult. Yeah. It's terrible. There's so many instances like that. I feel like coming of age and anybody can relate to this where you're just like, you're waiting for the adult to come in and like fix it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And you're like, wait, I'm that adult. Like shit. Oh, it's so weird. And like, maybe this is getting older, but... I feel like now like go to the doctor or go to like the dentist or like someone in that position of authority. And I'm like, oh, you're just like me. Like you're an adult. (laughs) (laughs) And I always thought those people were like magicians, like the dentist or like the doctor, maybe not the dentist, but like (laughs) the that they were just like, they knew something we didn't know. And like, I didn't know. And we're like living in this different world and had so much authority and we're so on it. All the time, I'm like, well, that's me now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's alarming. <laughs> sometimes I'll be like in my team meetings and like sometimes just pause awkwardly because I think someone else is going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like someone's surely going <laughs> to... Like, like, like some, gonna do this for or me. Or sometimes they're like listening to me quietly and I'm like, 
I want to like be like, you're really listening, right? Like you think I have something to say? <laughs> like I'm just joking. Like I don't know. It's so it's like one of those things. I think about it all the time. I mean, that's like literally the whole concept of like big kid problems is like we're still just like little kids like in adult bodies. It's weird. Like yeah. I'm all the time. I'm like I remember what looking at a 30 year old and being like, holy shit, that is an adult. I forget all the time that I'm in my 30s now. No, I like to just like get on TikTok and full <laughs> deny. <laughs> full denial. That's I'm, usually my <laughs> advice for all of life's problems. Just deny. Yeah. And I also have like a really weird age of friends. My best friend's 65. And like one of my other best friends is like 24. Um, I just like to really keep that range. So then I'll be like with the 24-year-olds and be like, ah, oh, I'm just like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, I'm curious. So when you're like in those moments where you're like crying, I don't want to make the decisions. Like what, what is it that makes you like get out of that and like actually perform the adult responsibility that you have to do? Because no one else is going to. (laughs) That is actually in the end, I'll drag my feet and realize like no one's coming. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. That is like, that sums up so many things. You know, I used to think that even in relationships, I would be like, I remember being like 25 on the subway and being like, when I meet, you know, my future husband, like that'll that'll just solve everything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That'll fix it. (laughs) That'll fix all these problems. And then like you meet that person and you're like, wait, like I still have every single one of these problems, but now I just have like a dude next to me. Or like I was like, when I'm this age, then like, I'm going to be perfect. (laughs) Like, I know I am. And I don't even remember those ages anymore because they all happened and I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Those like major milestones, you just like see go by and you're like, nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. Not that one. Yeah, pretty much. Real quick. Have you heard about Rothy's? Rothy's makes stylish, sustainable shoes and bags carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastics. Guys, plastics are a huge problem in our environment. And to date, Rothy's has transformed over 70 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. And thanks to their seamless knit-to-shape design, Rothy's are incredibly comfortable with zero break-in period. I actually just got the Chelsea style and have been living in them. They go with everything and are a great like transitional shoe for some of the colder months ahead. There are so many styles to choose from, but I get so many compliments every time I wear those. Oh, and I love that you can just pop them in the washing machine to keep them white and pristine looking because that's right, Rothy's are machine washable. They also come with free shipping and free returns. So, I mean, you really can't go wrong here. Check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash BKP. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash BKP. It's where style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash BKP today. 
Okay, let's take a quick break to talk about your butthole for a second. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Guys, we've been living like savages, wiping our butts with dry toilet paper. I mean, come on. If you got poo on your arm, would you wipe it off with dry paper or would you wash it with water? I mean, you would wash it, right? That is the whole concept of bidets. Bidets have been around since the 17th century, but they've notoriously been hella expensive. Some costing even thousands of dollars. But now, Hello Tushy's modern bidet attachment is here to democratize the blessings bestowed by bidets and offer clean buttholes for everyone. How it works is it attaches to your existing toilet. It requires no electricity or additional plumbing. And it cleans your butt with a precise stream of fresh water. That's right, no wiping. So it cuts toilet paper use by 80%, which is a good idea in 2020. And the best part is it's only $79. Every Hello Tushy bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty. So join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. Just go to hellotushy.com slash big kid to get 10% off. This is a special offer just for our listeners. So go to hellotushy.com slash big kid for 10% off. I'm going to also link it in show notes, but again, it's just hellotushy.com slash big kid. I mean, not to get like too personal, but like I, this is like big kid problems and I'm so interested. So like, obviously you, you've been running this business and you went through the whole COVID thing. Like, I want to know like what your personal big kid problem is right now. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just go there. My personal big kid problem also has the word kid in it, which is I'm like getting older. Well, Maybe I wouldn't even say getting, but I want to just say that. (laughs) I'm going to keep saying that. Um, And like realistically looking at like the end of my time to get pregnant and have kids. And I'm not in a relationship and really want to have kids. And I definitely have like one child already, which is my company, which is a very demanding child with lots of other kids inside of it. and, And it's really just been like, especially these past like four years, such a huge part of my life. And I've dated, but like the truth is, is like the business has been my priority. I'm, I get so focused on something and you know, definitely even in like my twenties, like I got so focused on relationships that like, they probably weren't the healthiest relationships. I took away from like time I would have spent like on my career and other things. And now I've really been figuring out like, okay, how am I going to have kids? Like, am I going to have a kid by myself? And like picking out sperm donors and like, am I going to adopt? Or like looking at the reality of like, if I want to have kids, probably I'm going to do that. And COVID really escalated that time frame because like, I mean, I've done some like weird Zoom speed datings, which are so freakish, but like, I like it because you at least don't have to leave the house to do it. Yeah. Um, That's a huge plus. (laughs) Yeah. One of them, one of my girlfriends sent me and she's like, let's do this. And then we got on because she just like found it on Eventbrite and it was like a polyamory um, meetup speed dating. (laughs) And we were like, thank God we're on this together dying. But some of them have been actually really fun. So 
I've just like realistically been thinking like, am I, I mean, I've definitely have some friends who've sperm donor shopped with me and like trying to figure out what I'm going to do because it is really a different thing being a woman that we actually do have this biological clock and like a time when our bodies can't, you know, won't, I froze my eggs. I also completely lost my shit during that period. Did you really? Oh my God. I made so many people in the office cry. (laughs) And I will say like most people who work with me, like we worked together for many years. So I don't have a history of being an actual freak, but it was very dark. Yeah. I've heard heard that it, it, it can be like crazy. I, it's, there's really two experiences. For some people, it really doesn't affect them. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, like they're a little moodier and bloated. Everyone's kind of bloated and uncomfortable. Yeah. And then there's another group that lose their shit. And I don't think that that, that people are forewarned enough about how intense it can be. And like women who go through fertility treatments too, it's the same thing because you're still, it's like the same drug course and everything or, you know, similar variations in treatment. But some women are fine with it. And like, it's it's uncomfortable. And just the rest of us. <laughs> we, and I know someone who had a really bad experience with it because they'll be like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're with me. I mean, I it took me so long to get normal again. I was just crying constantly, snapping at people. At one point, like two people on my team sat me down. We're like, we don't think you should be here right now. <laughs> they were like, we really care about you and we're worried and we don't think it's safe for the office for you to be here. <laughs> and I was so angry. I was like, how dare you? And then I was like, oh God, they're right. Oh my God. Wait, I didn't realize because I knew like some of these uh, egg freezing things and I, I actually am going to do like a whole episode on this, but I know it can take, it's usually like a two week process or longer, but like I didn't realize on the back end that it can take a long time for to get some normal. people. It does, and I it also did it? two cycles, so months. Ah, uh, yeah. Where you felt like just gross uh, and like not myself. It took me really like three full cycles to start to feel normal again. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a long time. I just think I had a friend who told me she was like, you know, it was really bad for me, and if you get to a point when you're so depressed, like you should call me and just know it's normal. And then I called her one day in tears, just sobbing, like, I don't know what's wrong. And she was like, what's wrong? I was like, nothing. And I was just hysterical. And it helped me so much to know, like, it can be tough. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, you, I hope, are one of the people who just are like, yeah, that was annoying. But if you're not, (laughs) you're like the emotional freak. It happens. It happens. And you get through it. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. It might take a little bit longer than you want it to, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. I think we should like make shirts or something. I'm like, I just, (laughs) I felt better that she told me because like it was bad for her. And like she told me it took her a while to feel normal afterwards. Yeah. And like it just made me feel like, okay, then I'm not this like total freak that's handling this differently. Yeah. I almost want to get like a shirt made that says like, I'm freezing my eggs. Like, stand back or something. Like, <laughs> well, honestly, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Just like, so people know, you know? Fertility treatments, please. Back right away. off. Fuck, yeah. fuck right off is actually the t-shirt. <laughs> I might look into that. <laughs> it's so good. Merch opportunity. Yeah. So that's really probably like the biggest thing 
that I'm like thinking about in my life of, and that feels also so adult. Like, yeah. In my mind, just like how you were saying on the subway, you were thinking about like when your husband comes, like it's just everything will be perfect. I still think like I'm going to meet someone and we're just going to have kids and everything's going to be perfect. And then if I'm being really realistic, like the window for all of that to happen is so short. Like I want to have kids with the right person and I don't know what that looks like. So I'd say the biggest weird thing is like, Literally just like online shopping for sperm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, I, I love, thank you for sharing that because that is a fucking real ass big kid problem. It's real. Thank and, you for saying it. And it is. And it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, as a female, it's just like so unique to us. And it's one of those things like for anybody who's like in business for themselves, it's like a factor that I just feel like it's so unfair because like, I've talked to so many dude entrepreneurs that like, you're like, yeah, my business is my life. And like you, it takes that to really like get ahead. And, and it really takes like those years and years of just pure dedication to your business. And it's like, it's in one of those unfair things where it's like, well, yeah, but they don't have to worry about like that time on the other, that time opportunity on the other side. I have a friend who's an entrepreneur also. She has the vitamin brand ritual and she since starting her company has had three kids. And she's super honest about how tough it is. But I love that she exists as an example. And like, I do have other friends who are just, they've just made that space. And it's really inspiring. Like she helps me remember, like it's possible. She has three kids now and is running this beast of a company. And like, I can do it too. But it is such a unique issue for women because if I was going on like maybe like more the dude trajectory, I'm grow the business and then like maybe start dating someone who is a little younger and then we'd have kids. <laughs> yeah. It's like all on the... Tr- that's yeah. so true. That's so... Not in my storyline. Like I have to be the right age too. Yeah. Interesting. It's so... It's so... Yeah. It's crazy, man. That's so not fair. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> No, but I mean, it's one of those things and it's another one where it's, you know, I think it's cool that you at least are doing that thing where it's like, you realize no one else is coming to make the decision. And it's like, you know. Do you still kind of think they are? Oh, no, no. Not like somebody's not coming. Oh, no, I know. You know, like. Oh, no, no. I know they're coming. But like, no, I still think someone's making the decision for me. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Thank you. Let's just be very clear here. We know they're coming on the way. But like, I don't know that they're going to come and we're going to have. Okay. I use that. (laughs) (laughs) They're definitely going to come. (laughs) Well, let's hope that they do. (laughs) But I do think that someone's going to make this choice for me. Like somehow all of a sudden, I'm going to have like life say like, well, here's the baby you were talking about. Like you actually can just, here's the baby, no work necessary. Or like, oh, here's the solution. And so I do, I vacillate between like being super proactive and like, Online sperm donating. And I have bots for him. Um, I'm, <laughs> Where is it? It's at the bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, That'd be I'm, weird if you're like, oh, here it is. <laughs> like, well, it they, they, no, they literally give you a take-home tank. But like, then, I, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be proactive and be an adult and make this decision. And then I'm like, oh, it's just going to figure itself out. Relatable. Yeah. Dude, so <laughs> relatable. That's so funny. And I, now we have to like keep up with you and like, Hear yeah, how the updates story like, <laughs> unfolds. I 100% promise updates and maybe 
my magic answer will just appear and like I'll have that spotlight of wisdom. But I will say that's one thing in business and like our biggest gift as women in business is that moment of intuition. Mm. And like, I really believe it. Like every time I've listened to my intuition, it just gets stronger and it can be intuition in the most practical sense. And so I will say like, I have an intuition, like this is going to work out and like, it's going to, it's going to get figured out. But like, even when I'm hiring someone, sometimes I have the weirdest little flashes and I can't say like, why it's a no, but it like feels wrong. Mm. I, and then sometimes like I have no good reason to say yes. And I'm like, yep, we're going to work together. And it that intuition is like our superpower as women. So totally, we may have like different timeframes in life, but I think we're so much better equipped to be entrepreneurs in so many ways. So awesome. I love that you said that too, because I, I feel that way. I like even in in running um, big problems and doing like my own business on the side, like I've made so many errors, like and I've made so many mistakes, and I've had so many outside like outside things tell me like it's not going to work, or to like I've been rejected by situations, and people keep telling me like oh well like we're not going to work with you or what's not going to happen. And on the outside, like all of these situations would would tell me okay maybe Sarah maybe you should uh, like go get a, another regular job because like this is maybe not going to work out. But in my intuition, I'm like, yes, it is. Because <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's so weird, but I've, I've had that for like years and I'm just like, like all the outside factors are saying one thing and then my internal factor is like, no, keep going. So yeah. it's interesting. We're both in that story where like, <laughs> you know, we don't, you know, we don't know what the outcome is, but I love that we're, we're you know. I think on most things, one of my favorite expressions is life's protect or life's rejection is God's protection. And wherever you stand on that word, God, you can just like fill in the blank on that. But like anytime something doesn't work or I got rejected or so I thought, it always works out for the best. And so that intuition, like even in the worst times we know. Yeah, I love that. So I think that's a really good takeaway for anybody who is, you know, in the entrepreneurial path and especially who are females out there, like listening to your intuition. Is there any other things or like, is there any other things that you wish more female entrepreneurs knew? Yeah. So the thing, okay, so two things. The first is the topic I'm probably the most passionate about, which is money. Um, I find that women, we have such a less exercised muscle about talking about money. And that from this whole conversation about like women being an entrepreneurs and like it being inspiring, there's a big absence of like, we're also here to make money. And I've heard things like, oh, I don't do budgets. Like, I don't know how that works. I don't do this. I don't like Excel. And I am just so passionate about like being super clear, like, we're here to, it's great to have like whatever passion, mission driven business because I mean, for me, that's like what fuels me to keep doing what I do. But I'm also incredibly clear with my team and with myself that I'm in business. And the result of having a healthy business is profit and making money. And, you know, even like yesterday, I did two hires and the woman, um, 
we gave her what she asked for and accepted. And it was a fair rate. And uh, the guy, this is such a rare occurrence because our, our team is like 28 uh, women and like four men. Um, so we don't hire a lot of men too. So I'm extra... Um, a, I, I see this a little more clearly when it does happen. And the guy we offered came back and then asked for a higher rate. And every time like a guy wants to talk, I just notice that men have this comfort. Like, hey, I want to raise. Oh, you know what? I want to hire. I want higher than this. I want more. And I think it like we aren't as comfortable with asking. And that's why I say it's an underdeveloped muscle because the more we're comfortable with understanding like, all of our numbers, understanding everything and just being really comfortable talking about money. I think it's the best thing we can do as leaders because it also makes our teams trust us more. Like I know that my team knows, oh, I hope they do. And if they're listening, they can (laughs) please email me otherwise, that I'm always comfortable talking about money. And like I'm running the business because that I'm financially responsible, that I'm always going to make the choices around money because like, I know our numbers and that they can trust that like I'm running a business that they're going to be able to count on because I'm always so involved in the numbers. Have you always been that way or did you have to train yourself to get more Full comfortable? Training. So Full t- training. So how did like tell us how? Because I'm actually listening to this and I'm like, wow, I am actually pretty uncomfortable. Like I hate like negotiating for myself and all of that stuff, which I have to do all the time. And it really is uncomfortable. So I'm so curious how you were able to do that. So I think it's a couple things. It's really practice. Like the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the more you show up in a confident way. And then I heard this advice that's like so simple years ago, but like you can't get more than you ask for. Like if you were to just be like, oh, hey, can you give me $20 right now? (laughs) I I I might give you 10. I might give you five. I might actually even give you 20, but I'm definitely not going to give you 25. And like, if you really wanted 25, there's no chance you're getting it if you ask for 20. So I always like, just think you have to be so clear. Like you have to ask for what you want. You might not get it, but that's something that like we as women, we just don't have like as much confidence and experience. And I think it's so important. I I have a question just going back to your example. Yeah. Were you like annoyed when the guy asked you for more money? Because I feel like that's what I would be worried about when I'm like, going out for a job, I'm like, oh, if I, if I counter offer, are they going to like hate me? So it's so funny you would ask because I'll just be super honest. So he asked for 10% more and I said, fine, that's actually fair. He has more experience and I'm okay with it. And then he came back and asked for another 10%. Oh, mm. and I said, uh, goodbye and thank you very much because I actually liked the other candidate better, but we just were in such a crunch. I figured we'd hire both. And so I then defaulted to my uh, life's rejections, God protection. And I was like, ah, frankly, he was our second choice anyway. But I'll tell you what, if the woman would have come back and asked for 10% more too, I also would have given it to her. Amazing. I don't know if I should say that on here, but (laughs) (laughs) I would have because you know, I might not have given her the full 10%, but I would have appreciated that she asked. So I might have gone 5% higher. And I was fine with giving him the next 10% because it was actually fair. And I appreciated that he asked. Yeah. Then when he took it further, that was too much for me. And in the end, I'll probably end up hiring another one. So Um, (laughs) that's (laughs) so, that's so interesting. Not that I pick preferentially. Yeah. (laughs) Be very clear. 
It's just so interesting. And I feel like that's like such a good takeaway. There's a couple of really good takeaways in there when it's like, yeah, you, especially if you're asking and like doing a negotiation like that and you get what you want, you can't just ask for more. That's exactly right. Because had he have actually come back and said, no, I want 20% more, I probably would have given him 15. So funny. Yeah. It's so interesting how it, that works. Once I gave him exactly what he asked for, when he came back for more, I was like, no, 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 you're. You're yeah. taking advantage of us, so you're out. Yeah, and you had already like rationalized the decision. 100% said, that okay, you're asking for what you want. But it's a great example because I would have given her more too. So good to and know. that, what he did, I'll tell you what, didn't work for me because that's just not how we run as a company. Someone else probably would have done it. And like, because he wasn't, there was a lot of other factors, but that was like what cut that for me. But it's just, I don't think I've ever seen a woman do something like that in a negotiation, ever. That is very interesting, I think, for everybody to hear. Um, and I want to go back because you were talking about some of the tools that you you use to get more comfortable around this conversation about money. So I think that that confidence, in my opinion, comes from clarity. So if financial... And like just take personal life as an example. If money exists as a question mark in my life, I have something that's like less clarity. So I think that knowing your numbers perfectly, like how much is in your bank, what what your savings goals are, like how much you're spending on a monthly basis. You can use these incredible tools that make it very simple, but like it's what starts to build confidence. And then if you make like, it, it's really regardless of what your income or your savings potential is. It's like, if you say, okay, I'm going to save... 5% of my income this month and you do that, you're going to feel so much more confident and empowered around money. Or if you realize like, oh, you know what? My going out to coffee, but not that we do that anymore. Budget is too high. And I would cut that in half and you do that or like you cut it down by 20%. It just is empowering and like starts to rebuild that story with money of like, no, I'm financially confident. I'm responsible. And I really look at it as like, a part of well-being because knowing that I have like the right savings and the right emergency funds and things set up in my life that if something goes wrong which it often does and surprises come in life that I know I have that safety and cushion it creates a lot of calm in my life yeah that is such such good advice and one of those things I think we all hear but we don't always do you know like I I have heard now a couple of people tell me, yeah, you need to get like organized and get super clear on your finances. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm clear on my finances. But like in actuality, kind of not, you know, like it really, it's, it's going to take a little bit of work to really see like where you're spending money. And we all have an idea of where we spend our money, but like... When you look at it, it's honestly surprising. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't realize I liked going to get massages that much. <laughs> yeah. Miss it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Or I'm like, I spent how much on salads this month? Like, yeah. Fuck. Exactly. Our office is two blocks from Erewhon. And like, Erewhon is like a line item on my, I'm like, I spent this much at Erewhon. I almost said Erewhon <laughs> instead of salads. And like, for people who don't live in LA, this place, Erewhon, is literally like, when I'm here, I spend more on Erewhon than on rent. It's like, it's sickening. 
a real thing. It's it a real makes thing. Whole Foods look very affordable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, Whole Foods is cheap. Yeah, which is terrifying. <laughs> Saying a lot. I know. Um, okay, so we are, we're running out of time and these, like, ugh, I could just sit here all day and I chat feel the same. You. It's so fun. Um, we're, we might have to do this again. But one thing I wanted to leave on because we've we've talked about the business side, we've talked about like the personal side, which is so great. But one of like the best things and one of the things I want to like pick your brain about the most is like actual skincare because like you have a brand oh. that is <laughs> actually incredible, has changed my skin. And I like I honestly I remember thinking like, wow, 30 is so old. Like my skin's gonna look so bad by the time I'm in my 30s. Like in my 20s, like using all these creams, like just being so scared about being in my 30s. I'm in my 30s now. My skin has literally never looked better. It looks so good. It's, o- it's so- really OC. Like I swear by it. This is what makes my mom and I such a good team because I always like forget to talk about the skincare. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, the business of this. And I will say, so I started using, we have a bunch of different products in line. You probably had a specific question, but she started with like a whole acne blemish control line that I used for years and like kept my skin so balanced. One of them is the ocean cleansing mud, which I'm looking at. And it's like this super deep pore cleanser for oily acne skin. And then we had this whole other mysterious line, part of the line, which I was like, oh, no one cares about this, the anti-aging line. And now I live for it. (laughs) Like all I want to do is use every product. So my favorites are the Hyaluronic C Serum. Have you used that? Oh, yeah. It's honestly just so amazing. Like instant boost plump to the skin. And then I'm currently highly obsessed with our anti-aging body balm. I like just can't get enough of it. It like tones my skin. And I even was like, mom, no one's going to like that name. And she was like, I'm anti-aging. Like, I'm very anti the whole thing. And everyone always talks about like, oh, we say like age enhancing, age this. And she's like, Mm-mm. like anti-aging is apparently on PC. And she's like, yeah, that's said by a 25-year-old. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So we are heavy into anti-aging, the body balm. And then my actual favorite is the essential hydrating oil because the other part of Staying young, it turns out, is all that moisture just leaves your face. <laughs> so terrible. That was the first product that got me hooked. That's like, and literally when I tell people, when I tell like my friends, like you have to try this and they're like, well, what should I order? I don't know what to get. I'm like, just get the hydrating oil. It like, just smells so good too. It's just, it, but it is amazing. Like the, like the quality of my skin and like, especially like living in a city or like if you're running around all the mm. time, like I didn't even realize how dry my face was until I started using it. And now I'm like, actually addicted. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Now, the one product that I like never was interested and actually complained about in the line was the Advanced Protection Cream. And it's this super thick moisturizer. It's in a jar that if you dump the jar over, like it just won't even come out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, who needs this? Turns out I do now. I live for that moisturizer because it creates this really... Um, actual noticeable barrier on your skin. And I can see and feel the difference the next morning when I put it on. It's our version of like a creme de la moisturizer at a fraction of the price, but it's a super thick firming, toning, and also helps with hyperpigmentation moisturizer. Okay. I haven't tried that one yet. And I think I'm going to. <laughs> it's like the, the, I've now moved into like the 30s skincare of like, okay, now we're serious. This actually is real. Yeah. 
That was like that was actually what I was gonna ask you is um it doesn't even have to be product specific, but like if there's one thing you wish like the big kids in our audience knew about skincare, because like obviously uh, you like live, eat, breathe this shit. It's terrible news. And I know <laughs> everyone knows this, but like the sun is not your friend. It is it is the worst thing you can do. And the worst thing actually is being on birth control and being in the sun. The combo of those two things is so brutal on your skin. Really? Yes. I'm sorry to say it. And <laughs> hats are everything. Like I even wear driving gloves now. Do you I'm really? Starting, yeah, I just got them like online and they're like SPF gloves, like SPF fabric. I mean, we're in LA. Yeah. Also, I don't really drive that much anymore. So that's helpful. But yeah, I can see the difference. And if someone listening looks down at their left and right hand, um, you will see the difference. It's actually a real thing. But wearing a hat, like staying out of the sun, it truly is the best thing you can do. Sun is not your friend. Sun is not your friend. No. I'm trying to bring visors back in 2020. Like I'm into a visor look. I actually (laughs) want a visor because I want to have more natural highlights in my hair. And a visor, I think, really accomplishes the best of both worlds. So I'm aligned on the visor. (laughs) I will say like, it's not a cool visor. We're talking like wide brimmed. Oh yeah. Very extensive, like massive visor. Yeah. I just got a cool visor, like one that's like kind of chic looking, but it's, it covers half my face and I'm like, no, 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 not cool. (laughs) My mom is in her late sixties and she wouldn't mind my saying it. I like to really always announce it because when you see her, she looks so young. But this is also the woman who swims in a uh, swimsuit material ski mask. (laughs) She swims in a long sleeve SPF shirt and she, you just don't see her without a hat. Like if she's walking five feet from her house to her car, she has a hat on. And if she sees me get out of my car to come to her house without a hat, she freaks out. Interesting. It is the most important thing. Like products are amazing. Like that's really important, you know, taking care of your skin. But sun, staying out of the sun is really one of the best things you can do. And then the second thing, which is always a struggle for me is sleeping. (laughs) The more sleep you can get, the better it is for your skin too. Yeah. I'm sure. One on the on the skin on the um sun piece, just one more thing. because uh, I know you guys are are big about like natural products, which is like why I love you guys so much. Cause I feel like any type of chemical I put on my face, I always have a reaction. I'm super sensitive. Do you so like how are you with like using an actual sunscreen? Like, do you recommend a sunscreen or are you more on the the like actually cover it up with a hat? So sunscreen's a really tricky thing. All of our products are a exactly like you said, they're all natural derived. They're all vegan um, and they're free of synthetic fragrance. And sunscreen, we actually did just finish a sunscreen. Um, but to know, I'll be the first person yeah, to buy it. Actually, I'd love you to test it because it's, a, it's not a sunscreen for everyone because sunscreen's really tough to make naturally. There are a lot of nice sunscreens. The thing, the actual problem with sunscreen is how much you need on your face to make it work. A mm. lot of those clinical trials around the SPF numbers, like that's like for a few minutes and then you need more and you need more. And like, it's just not as effective. And I'm sure all the sunscreen companies that hear me say it like would hate me, but it's just not as effective as a physical block. 
Yeah, that's like that's it's it's good to hear and know because I used to think that and I used to have like my makeup was had had SPF in it and I'd it's be like, oh, totally yeah. helpful. I'd be like, but you're but that's why I'm big on the visors now because I'm like, this is an actual this is an actual block exactly, and it's physical. And I have to say, sunscreens I really don't break out very much, but the only thing I ever will break out from is sunscreen. So I don't love wearing sunscreen every day. It's great if you can find something that works, but you probably should still wear a hat anyway. Yeah. Okay. Visors. Visors. 2020. Bringing it back. 2020 vision and visor or something. I think we could start a campaign. I'm into it. Same. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for giving us your time today. If people want to like learn more about you, learn more about Asia, where can they find you? You can find us online at Osea. I also forgot to even tell you this fun fact. Osea means ocean, sun, earth, and atmosphere. Um, so, Did not know that. Yeah. The big <laughs> reveal, the other hidden secret. So we're at oseamalibu.com on Instagram at oseamalibu.com and um, on Twitter. Or Sorry. Twitter. Who knew where that came from? What I meant was TikTok. Um, because I'm really living my teenage life. We're also on TikTok at Osea Malibu. And you can find me on Instagram, not yet really launching that personal TikTok, but at my, uh, my, my handle is Happy Palmer. Holding on to that 10 year ago name. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Thank you so much for being on. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. All right. That is a wrap this week, folks. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I want to give a big, big shout out to Melissa Palmer for being such an awesome guest and for hooking us up. She generously is giving us a little exclusive discount to Osea products if you guys want to try them out. Uh, No bullshit. Like I am obsessed with Osea. It's what I use on my face every single day. And like I said in this episode, I mean, I feel like my skin has never looked better. I'm going to link my favorite product, that hydrating oil I was talking about in the show earlier um, in show notes. And I'm going to include the code too, but it's Big Kid Problems uh, at checkout and you're going to get $10 off your order. Those details will all be in show notes for you if you're interested. And if you guys are liking the show, I'm going to ask you for a favor and please subscribe, share it with a friend or leave a little review. I love when you guys post on stories and then tag me. Uh, I've been reposting a bunch of you, but it literally makes my day. And I know that there are a ton of podcasts out there. So I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'm always honored when you choose to spend your hour with me. So with that, I'm going to leave you with our weekly quote. And this one from this week is from my girl, Tina Fey. She said, you can't be that kid standing at the top of the water slide overthinking it. You just have to go down the chute. Love that. All right, friends, have a great week and I will see you back here for a super fun holiday themed episode next week. Oh, it's a good one. I can't wait. So until then, I will see you next Tuesday.